This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's and they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. Hello, everybody. And welcome to episode 63 oh, wow. of TLDR Podcast. James, football is three days away. Uh, how do you feel right now? Oh, dude, I, that's the one thing that's been on my mind all day long. I mean, it's going to be exciting. If anybody who lives in Orange or is around Orange wants to come to Danny K's, which is a sports bar on Thursday, come join us. It was actually Eric's idea, but Eric is bailing last minute. So, you know, classic what? Eric things. <laughs> um, I'm trying to convince Eric yeah. it's his idea. It really wasn't. But the fact of the matter is, it's going to be really fun. So come watch football, watch the Buccaneers destroy the Cowboys, probably. <laughs> Contrary to Eric's um, profile picture over there. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a good game. I got a lot of fantasy players. Fantasy season's here. I'm very excited. Well, my picture has neither the Buccaneers nor the Cowboys. Um, but do you have I don't Tom know what Brady. Saying, James. Uh, you have Tom Brady. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. True. Um, Tyler is not with us this week, folks. Um, it's been a while. I don't even, has he ever missed an episode? Um, yeah. Maybe yeah, he's missed one. one. I was one the only one until re- relatively yeah. recently. So his Iron Man streak has ended, uh, everybody. But, uh, you know, you'll hear you'll hear back from him next week when he's 0-1 after week one of fantasy. Um, trading, yo, hockey and basketball are one month away. How do you feel? I feel good, man. I mean, today we're gonna start our uh, our NHL, uh, you know, divisional previews. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of information being being uh, spit out in in hopefully a very short period of time, so that you know we don't bore people to death, but. Uh, dude, I'm excited. Uh, camp started, I think this week. So, um, you know, the, the players are on the ice They're they're in the gym and we're, we're going to have a full 82 game season. Canada's open up their borders, so we won't have any issues there. Oh, I'm so excited. There you go. Canada finally fucking doing the right thing. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Remember I mean, last week, he was like, yeah, for my dream vacation, I want to go to Canada. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to be the one, you know, driving around Canada and stuff. It's not like they were going to, you know, welcome me there. But now they can, according to Traden. Um, Alex, golf season. I have an answer to your question, actually, uh, that you that we were trying to figure out a couple weeks ago. Golf season ended yesterday. Mm. Guess what? The 2021-22 season begins in two weeks <laughs> in Napa, California, James. Um, oh, but yeah, I, mean, I didn't really know the answer to that question, and I feel like it changes every year. But uh, how are you doing either way? Uh, I'm good, man. Yeah, 
so they so golf only has so they don't even have an off season. This they, is they're off like, season, they have all of December off if that means anything. So they like play for a little bit and then they stop and then so they yeah, just play it's, like, it's their winter break, dude. Because because December sucks. <laughs> like you don't want to play golf. In, well, I mean I do, but professionals don't. I mean maybe not in the northern hemisphere, but go and play somewhere where it's warm in December. But yeah. uh, I'm great. I didn't know that about the golf thing. Still don't super care. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is kind of funny though. Uh, but I'm good, man. Yeah, just chugging along. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to get uh, into it soon, guys, because because James will be our first segment and we're talking all the fantasy top positions that we think is going to occur this year. But let me say this. The fantasy projections on ESPN is complete dog shit because wow. apparently I'm playing I'm playing Alex week one. I'm going to lose by 16 to 17 points, apparently, which is true. Your team sucks. <laughs> with Kyler Murray, with uh, AJ Brown, who has the Q by his name, but he'll he'll jump in there whether his knee sore or not. He better um, with Ezekiel Elliott. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to win, oh, but like losing by 16 points with those top three names right there. Come on, seems kind of um, crazy. 16 points in the first week. That's it's okay. It's not really about your team. It's just the fact that Alex's team is that. Yeah, much I, was gonna, I was gonna. I was gonna say <laughs> Alex's team is pretty stacked. I would um, according also to like the ESPN. Guys to know, I half did the draft, half auto drafted because I was out at a bar, and then I went to go get food. And when I walked from the bar to the other restaurant, which was like a block away, the internet went out on my phone. So like, some of my picks are auto drafts, and some of them are my own. It was great, but I would just <laughs> I'd come back to the bar and I'd be like, "Oh, that's what I got. Cool." And then it ends up my team's pretty legit. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new strategy team is draft half of your team and then let auto draft be the other half and but just periodically throughout we'll walking through zones of, of conflicted yeah. wi-fi is what he's saying yeah eric your your team name is uh is quite uh colorful should we say it on the podcast or is that uh no, no. we'll get canceled <laughs> well yeah, it all it has to do is with was a scenario back in the day when I did have Kareem Hunt. Um, you can imagine what happened. My team, oh, you was have him now, away. too. I know I, I got him again. This is the first time, everyone, that I'm gonna re- try to not hold grudges against <laughs> other players. We'll see if it works. I may drop Kareem Hunt week one, we'll see how he does. You should um, let me know before you do that, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> just for no, no reason whatsoever, but just that's yeah. Fun. Last thing, hey James, who won DraftKings for golf? Sorry, I didn't do it. You sent it was me, me and like what? It was just me and trading. We went head to head. He won. <laughs> trading one. Yeah. I won eight bucks, baby. Well, like you sent it, and I woke up Sunday morning at like nine oh five, and the golf started at eight forty, and then you sent it at like eight twenty five, and you're like, it needs to be filled out in fifteen minutes, and it was already nine oh five. Yeah. So, yep. Completely missed it there. I had no idea it started so early. I just woke yeah, up and checked my actually. phone and I was like, oh, I got to do this right now. Yeah. So, yeah, my bad on that. We'll, we'll fix it another day. We, you know, we got two weeks until the season starts. So, um, all right, guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll get into James's fantasy top picks. Everyone, we are back. Um, we just ranted about ESPN fantasy projections, what's and whatnot. Uh, we're going right into it, James. 
Football is three days away, as we said. Fantasy top picks. Let's hear them. All right, guys. So we're going to talk NFL fantasy here. It's going to be based off PPR. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through each position and then kind of decide who we think is going to end up at the number one spot at the end of the season and why we think that way. So we're going to start with the quarterback position. Keep in mind, everybody, that rushing is important for the quarterback position. You get a lot of points that way, as well as touchdown and passing. So if you have a good rushing quarterback, you get a lot of points. Trayden, who do you think is going to finish number one overall? You get, you're talking about a rusher. We got to go with uh, with Tom Brady. No, I'm kidding. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, the easy answer, if there's actually not an easy answer because um, I know what Alex is going to pick. So I'm not going to pick Alex's. Um, hey, you never know what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, I know what you're going to pick for this one, but <laughs> He's going to be like um, Aaron Rodgers in Chicago, not in Green Bay, but in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't even want to go with the easy one. I want to go with someone that I, you know, that I had picked up last year and he, and I, and I wrote him um, to the promised land and that's Justin Herbert. Um, Justin Herbert, I think already, already showed that he's, he's one of the best, um, at least um, especially in his age group. And he does have the ability to move the ball with his legs, not quite as, as much as the others, but he's going to have a better offensive line this year, even better than what he had last year, which was not very great. And he's going to have one one year uh, further under his belt with with his uh, with his uh, with his options, and I just think that Hus- Justin Herbert has the ability to be a top three quarterback, at least from the fantasy perspective. Okay. And I think Eric. that he'll and I think that he'll be the top in this case. Eric, what do you got? Uh, so I'm actually going to pick a rushing quarterback, like you said, James, and not disregard it like Traden. I'm going to go with <laughs> Kyler Murray, of course, <laughs> of course, not just because I have him. him. Um, but here's why I don't he believe now, you. <laughs> he now has a couple years experience playing in the hardest division of football. We've covered this in the past. He does have the weapons, DeAndre Hopkins. He's added AJ Green. Um, Chase Edmonds AJ Green. can do a little bit for him. Christian Kirk can do a little bit for him, but his own legs is really what's going to do it for him. Um, and then their offensive line has improved. Um, that's only going to help Kyler Murray run around more like he always already does. Um, so more time for Kyler to go off, chuck bombs and run in touchdowns for me. And he's going to do great. Hopefully. Hope you're right. Because watching Kyler Murray run with the football is one of my favorite things to watch. It's he has so, like a mini waddle. He's holding it, it outside. so <laughs> fucking hilarious. He looks like a little kid stole a toy from, from another kid at preschool. <laughs> His, his feet move so fast. It's crazy. And he holds the ball like this. Like, he doesn't carry it. He just, like, <laughs> fucking runs with it like this. Yeah. Uh, that is a sight to be seen. I, for is. sure. He's like the Make-A-Wish kid. Alex, what do you got? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, we couldn't well, say the team name? Come on, now. Yeah. That's <laughs> ten times worse. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, Traden was alluding to my boy Josh Allen, obviously. Uh, and there is a very realistic chance that he could end up number one. And I wasn't actually thinking him, and I'm going to go a little bit off the board, and I'm going to go Dak Prescott. Uh, He's healthy. He has the best core of wide receivers of probably any team in the NFL. He's got a great running back. Their offensive line should be much better, and their defense should be trash. So they're going to have to throw a lot to keep up in games. He can still run a bit. Again, I said this during our NFC East preview uh, thing a couple weeks ago. He was on pace for 7,000 yards last year before, you know, he got hurt. Like, would he have done it? No, because that's like that's ridiculous. 
So I'm going to go, I'm going to go also, he's on my team. So I'm going to pull Eric move <laughs> and Jack Prescott. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Lamar Jackson, who everybody tends to forget rushing quarterback. The offense is literally built around him and his legs. Like the playbook is built around the read option and the fact that he can run. Uh, he had a disappointing 2020, but he had a record breaking 2019. Everybody tends to forget that. Um, J.K. Dobbins, the main rusher towards ACL, which means Lamar Jackson's probably going to run a little bit more. And he's talked about the fact that he can now read defenses better after being in the league for three years. So pair that with his passing and running and the amount of touchdowns he just gets, I think he's going to end up number one overall. So out of those four, you guys, did anybody change their mind? Or are you all sticking with the guns? I mean, I'm not going to change my mind, but Dak Prescott, I think, will go off. I had him last year when I was like 8-0 to start the season, and then his leg got, you know, shattered. Like, we were watching it live, James, that Sunday, and then, you know, my team got fucked from it. And it's not his fault, so I have no grudge against him, but I do think he will go off. So I kind of agree with Alex, but I'm keeping my pick at Kyler Murray. So we have one and a half picks for uh, Dak Prescott. I like that. Very Exactly. Moving on to the running back position here. (laughs) This one I think should be pretty easy. Eric, who you got? I do have Derek Henry um, through him in our our post. Um, Another guy who makes the Titans offense just who they are. Without him, they are fucked. He's going to get all the red zone plays. He's probably going to get two to three carries in the red zone. And then if it's fourth down, they'll either kick a field goal or go for it. Maybe they'll give it to him again. Um, He usually scores in the red zone. It's easy for him to do so. He gets handed the ball basically every other play where he continues to gain yards, and he's due for a breakout fantasy season. Okay. Alex? Well, I feel like Derrick Henry's already had a breakout fantasy season. I think he's had like two. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the answer is Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's the best running back in the league right now, especially PPR-wise. He's going to have the most catches, especially with the – um, quarterback issues or turmoil or whatever you want to call it in New Orleans with Camara that he could have a dip. McCaffrey is the number one guy and he will do that again. Ben, do you have anything different? Do you have the same? There's only one player that's going to crack 2,400 yards between, uh, between receiving and rushing and that's Christian McCaffrey. So there you go. I agree with the same thing, but just to throw a little curveball at you guys, if Christian McCaffrey does not stay healthy, the player I have up next would be Antonio Gibson, mainly because he's prototypically just like Christian McCaffrey, but just a little bit smaller. And he's running on the same playbook that Christian McCaffrey thrived in. Like what the guy who made Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is now the coach of the Washington football team. And he's saying that he wants to make Antonio Gibson just like Christian McCaffrey. So if Antonio Gibson takes that third down roll, you're going to see a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving right there. But that's only if Christian McCaffrey does not stay healthy. So, Eric, I think you lost that one. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to yeah, be the number Did one. you have him in your top 10 at all, running backs? Who? Christian or Gibson. Antonio? Yeah. Gibson. You did? I did. He was my number um, seven, I think. Never mind. <laughs> Sucking. <laughs> I was going to be like, you never even had him in your top 10. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to wide receivers here. Alex, who you got? I'm going to go. This one's this one's actually, I think, kind of tough, but I think you have to go with the best wide receiver in football, and that's Devontae Adams. He's got the best quarterback, overall probably best throwing quarterback. They have obviously have a great connection. He had a monster year last year. 
There's no reason why he shouldn't have another monster year this year. Should be, have a huge target share, should make plenty of catches, runs great routes, will score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, what else do you really want from a wide receiver one? Devontae Adams. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. But I just want to add the fact that I don't really think he's going to end up number one because of his skill level. I mean, not to disrespect the fact that he's a great wide receiver, but I think it's more so the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. And Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. And Aaron Rodgers is going to do the best that he can to show the world that he's the best quarterback out there. And what better way to do it than to throw Devonta Adams 15 times a game, three of which are going to go for a touchdown. I mean, like, it's going to be kind of crazy. Trading. Um, I'm going to pull an Eric and say Tyreek Hill uh, because he's on my fantasy team on accident. He wasn't supposed to be, but he was accidentally <laughs> on my fantasy team uh, because my fat thumb pressed the wrong button. Um, and that's okay. And that's okay because he is a fantastic, he's one of the, actually is probably the fastest um, player in the game. Um, and he does, what's interesting is he has been used in the past and is expected to be used in certain rushing scenarios. So that's just extra points that no other receiver really does that. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just adding a little bit of, of, you know, dynamic, to him so i and he's also you know being thrown to by patrick mahomes who you know is going to be the next he already is the biggest thing on the, on the planet right now when it comes to quarterback position so um that's what i'm gonna I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say tyreek hill and hopefully i'm right because i really need that <laughs> eric who you got i have tyreek hill also um Ooh. basically here's why he's gonna get you the biggest chunk of points uh fastest dude on the field usually finds ways to get open deep, and then Mahomes makes that crazy shit happen, throwing off his big toe for 65 yards down the field, and then this guy's just wide open when all that happens. So that's why. Okay, Not because like Trayden has him. <laughs> two and two. That's pretty cool. Uh, tight end position is up next. Trayden, who do you got? Oh, man. Um, I, 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 think, I think you got to go with the obvious. And the obvious is George Kittle um, simply because it's not Travis Kelsey. And I'm sick of everyone talking about Travis Kelsey. That's simply why I'm, I'm, I'm sick of talking about him. He's amazing. I don't give a shit. George Kittle it is. Okay. All right. I think he's the dark horse out of the three, the three big ones. I think he's the one that's least likely to be the number one overall, but I digress. Eric, who do you think? Uh, Robert Tanyan, okay. because Agreeing with Alex about the Devontae Adams. He has the best quarterback throwing to him. Um, Aaron Rodgers has nothing to lose this year. He's going to do what he does, gun in those perfect throws to Tanyan in the corner of the end zone. He's going to make it happen. Kelsey has done too well the last, like, three or four years, fantasy-wise, so he can't do it again this year. Kittle has no quarterback thrown to him this year. So there you go, Tanyan. CBS Fantasy projects Robert Tanyan to have 80 points. Travis Kelsey is projected to have 213. But this is you going off of projections here, Trade, and we're going off of truthful. Isn't that what we're doing? We're projecting? (laughs) Eric, question for you, man. So last season, Robert Tunyon did well because he ended up with 583 yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns is a ridiculous amount for a tight end. There's going to be regression there, and it's not going to go positively. It's going to go negatively. So therefore, his points are going to go down. Does that concern you one bit? Because he's not getting 11 touchdowns again. Um, I mean, he may or may not get 11 touchdowns, but he will get, you know, some 30 to 40 yard 
chucks at him from Aaron Rodgers, and it'll be up to him to make it happen. So 30, 40 yards from a we will end. see. That's, that's a that feels like that's far away. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Trayton, you had this guy last year, and you preached about him and talked about how great he I is. Did. So I got to follow off your footsteps. Yeah, man. I like that. <laughs> Um, I mean, the, the answer is Travis Kelsey. Um, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I so. Mean, that, I, give me a second. You fuck. Out of those top three that we, that you were alluding to, if anyone is going to supersede Travis Kelsey, it's Darren Waller. It is not George Kittle because George Kittle is a more traditional tight end where Darren Waller used to be a wide receiver and now just beefed up to play tight ends. And he's he's more of a receiving tight end than Kittle is because Kittle is used in the run game. Also, San Francisco runs constantly because they don't have a quarterback. So, and and on the same aspect, the Raiders really don't have a whole lot of other uh, you know receivers that can be trusted. And Derek Carr loves Darren Waller. So, if someone's going to pass Kelsey, it's going to be Darren Waller. I think it could be closer than we expect like one and two right there, but it inevitably probably will still be Kelsey because he has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback compared to Derek Carr. I agree. Yeah. percent. You just got to let me finish talking, James. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that again, uh, but just to just continue on what Alex is saying, I think the chiefs have too many options, good options at that. And so it's going to make it tough. But on the flip side of that, the Raiders with Darren Waller, he is pretty much the only pass catching option. The number two wide receiver is Brian Edwards. Does anybody here know who Brian Edwards is? Eric Gus Edwards. Edwards' brother. That is not true whatsoever. But <laughs> <laughs> just because people – you know what, Eric? Life lesson. When people have the same last names, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily related. Just, just Mike Brown told me that was true. So, Oh, Mike Brown is related to so many Browns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is <laughs> there's way more opportunities for Darren Waller and the Raiders to do – for Darren Wall to get a lot of catches and points with the Raiders than there is with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So that's how I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Trey, I feel like you have something to say. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to say Derek is... Carr is not that good, but yeah. No, Derek Carr's good. I like. I, hey, Darren Waller is amazing. He 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 saved my fantasy. He just like there's like three guys that saved my fantasy team last year, and he's one of them. Uh, and I, I get what you guys are saying, um, and I actually like what you guys are saying. I'm not going to switch just because I want to be different and I enjoy being the weird guy. Um, so I'm not going to switch, but I really appreciate your guys' insight, but you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least, we're going to talk defenses. Eric, who's going to be your top finishing defense? Ravens, uh, led by Marcus Peters. He is a straight psycho, once on the Rams. The guy who said, we ain't done yet. Um He's going to get he was plenty done. of what? And then he was done. Yeah. And then he was done. They traded him <laughs> and got Jalen Ramsey, but he's going to get plenty of pick sixes this year. Like he always does. He's going to frustrate the offenses. Um, their defense will get plenty of strip sacks, fumble recoveries against teams like the Steelers, the Browns, the Jets, etc. Okay. For the first and only time this podcast, I agree with you, Eric, like hundred percent. It's going to be the Ravens because they control the clock and they control time possession. And they're able to manipulate because you know how scoring works for defenses. You start off with 10 points and then that'll periodically go down or up depending on what you do. But more likely than not, it's going to go down based off the yards 
or points that the other team scores. With their time possession control, they're able to manipulate the amount of times that the opposing offense has an opportunity to score or get yards. So therefore, they're having control of that. They should have a higher percentage of chances to keep the points that they already have. So that's why I think it's going to be the Ravens. Alex, what do you think? I am going to go with the Washington football team. I really wanted to say the Browns. But I don't – it's hard to say the Browns are ever good at anything, even though they should be good this year, you know. Just like that sentence doesn't really make sense. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Washington football team. Um, the division they play in, um, you know, is not the greatest, so they should have some teams that they can beat up on. That defense was nasty last year, and they're only going to get better because they were they were young, um, you know. And I think that they have a good shot to, to be the number one defense this year. And, Trayton, what you said about – Baltimore was very poetic and that that's the answer. I mean, that, that I, 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 compl- I didn't even know what to say for I mean, I was going to say LA Rams cause that's easy, but what you just said was extremely thoughtful and yeah, it's Baltimore. Are you going to cry, dude? Gonna <laughs> I'm going to cry because I don't have Baltimore on my fantasy team. <laughs> I love that. All right, everybody. That wraps up our picks for number one overall for each position. Hopefully a couple of us are right, and I feel like a couple of us will be right. But stay tuned. In about 18, 17 weeks, 18 weeks, we'll tell you who was right and who was wrong. Thanks, James. Um, you know, I, I leave it with the burning question. Would you rather start 0-1 or 8-0? Because last year I started 8-0, and uh, it didn't really work out for me. I think trading started like 0-4, so we shall see what happens with these projections. Um, when we return, the hockey guy is back. Uh, instead of vacations, we are talking about the Metro division of the NHL upcoming when we return. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's Dimer, like diner with an M, as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Hello, everyone. We have returned and we now have the first NHL preview, the Metro Division, right, Trayden? Yes, sir. The NHL is set to uh, drop the puck on October 12th, I believe. 
So, you know, we're, we're right around, I mean, I know it's five weeks, but I'm starting now. So assuming I have a hosting week, so um, we should have all of these wrapped up by the time the, uh, the season starts. These are going to be rapid. I know that last year I did this. It took forever and it's not going to happen. We're going to go rapid. We're going to go through this and get it done. Okay. Starting in <laughs> alphabetical order right at the top, we got the Carolina Hurricanes. Back last year, they finished 36, 12, and 8 for, a, for an 80-point season. First in the Central because they were in the Central. Everything got fucked up. They lost 4-1 to one to Tampa Bay in the second round of the, uh, of the, of the playoffs. Significant gains in the offseason were Derek Stepan. Brendan Smith, Antti Ranta, Tony D'Angelo, which is very interesting, Ethan Bear, who was a former Oiler, and Frederick Anderson, former goaltender for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Significant losses were uh, include Yanni Hockenpah, James knows him kind of well, uh, Dougie Hamilton, Warren Fogle, who's now at Edmonton Oiler, uh, Peter Mrazek, James Reimer, Jake Bean, and Alex Nedeljkovic, which is very interesting. Um, he had a great season last year, and he is not there anymore, which is kind of crazy. Um Simply put, this team is is built to is, is built for the playoffs, uh, or at least built for the regular season. Um, they are they are led by none other than my boy Rod Brindamore, um, and he it got finally got signed, and he's going to be with them for a few more years. Um, I got uh, so Tyler. It was supposed to take the four side of the Carolina Hurricanes, and I'm going to say, and I'll I'll, I'll take that over. Um, the biggest thing that this team has is I think that the teams in this division, it's going to be very competitive. I think this division is going to be extremely competitive just simply because all the teams are kind of close together. I, I look at this as a, as a, the division of not fantastic teams, but a lot of good teams, if that makes sense. So they're going to be all battling for that position, but I do think that Carolina is going to um, show itself as the top of the division for the first time since the divisions have kind of, you know, been back together. Um, I just, I just look at the other teams in the division and I just don't think that, you know, I, I think that there's things on those other teams that whether they're rebuilding or whether they're you know, retooling or they're just kind of over their hump in terms of their playoff window. I just think that that's where they're at right now. Defensively, this team is very, very strong. Um, in Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, um, they may not match offensively to, uh, to Dougie Hamilton, uh, you know, offensive production, but defensively, they're going to be very, very strong. Um, I have a lot of faith that Ethan Bear is going to show Edmonton, the Edmonton Oilers that they were fucking stupid. And um, once again, because they do that to every single defenseman that comes our way. Um, but, you know, they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, defensemen back there that are, you know, very strong veteran presence. And um, I just think that they're going to be um uh, you know, that's going to be part of their big strengths, not to mention they have, you know, Sebastian Aho and uh, Sveshnikov up there, you know, potting in goals. So um, I just think that this, this team is going to be the, uh, the team to beat. Um, and I think that that, I think that kind of speaks for itself. And Alex, I believe you are against the Canes. So why am I a fucking idiot? Yeah. Uh, well, part of it is, Everyone had already picked their teams before I had a chance to respond. So, <laughs> uh, I, if you uh, probably don't remember, but I actually picked the Canes to win the Stanley Cup during our thing last year because I wanted to go big. Uh, it didn't work, obviously, as they lost the Lightning in the second round. Um, but I, looking at their roster, I'm not loving the goaltending. When you think of Stanley Cup winning teams, you know, especially recently. Um, Vasilevsky, Marc-Andre Fleury, Jonathan Quick, 
um, Jordan Bennington, these guys led their teams throughout the playoffs. So I'm going more like, because I think it's pretty obvious this team will, unless something catastrophic happens, will make the playoffs. But I'm thinking for what they want to do, which is win the Stanley Cup. That's where they're at on their, in their team. I'm not loving the goalie situation. When you think elite goalie, does Frederick Anderson ever pop into your head? No. So I think that is a big problem that they're going to have to either hopefully their defense can in front of him will be enough to carry them. Um, you know, and Ranta is saying, you know, I'm assuming will be the backup kind of looking at their, at their goalies um, right now. Doesn't give me a whole lot of faith in that either. So, you know, and I think losing Dougie Hamilton is brutal. He's one of the elite offensive defensemen in hockey. Um, and that's, that's going to be tough. Um, and to lose him, you know, to New Jersey, also not great. Um, so that, I mean, but yeah, you're right. Aho and, um, Sveshnikov, Tevu Teravainen, top five hockey name in right now. Great name. Uh, the Canes, the Canes should be good. I'm just worried about their goaltending, um, for the long, like, you know, throughout the playoffs, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, not, not that Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta are bad goaltenders necessarily. Frederick Anderson did have a step back last year. He's been kind of the, the scapegoat when it comes, when it, when it comes to Toronto fans as to their woes. Um, but he's not a bad goaltender. And, but I think to your point, it's not that they're bad. It's just, what am I going to get? And are they going to be good enough down the stretch? Um, and I, and I agree with that. I, I, I think we agree. They're probably going to be a top one or two team in the division make the playoffs, but how far they go is the biggest question mark. Um, and I think, I think you're bang on there. Um, Rod Bendemore, I, I love that they signed him. He took a pay cut so that he could be there and he made sure that his staff stays with him. So um, got to love that guy. He eats, sleeps and breathes canes. Um, and, and I absolutely love that. Um, so does move- Eric. Oh, sorry. I said, so does Eric. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, moving on. To the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, last year, they went 18 to 26 and 12 for 48 points, eighth in the central. They did not make the playoffs, obviously. That is dead last. Um, significant gains. Um, they, they, they signed Jack Aboracek, Adam Bodquist, and Jake Bean. Significant losses Michael Delzato, Cam Atkinson, and the big boy himself, Seth Jones. Uh, the biggest thing that I, you know, I, I look at this team and I'm like, what the fuck are they going to do? I mean, they, they did sign line a, he had, he has another year with them. Uh, you know, they added Jacob Voracek, who, who's an interesting name there. You know, I think he comes, uh, he came from the flyers who, you know, I think he kind of got pushed out in terms of, you know, I think he was a little bit of a question mark with them, but I, I just wonder where this team's going to be, um, you know, because, they have Zach Wierenski. They paid a lot of money for him, but they lost Seth Jones. So, Alex, you were you were uh, you were told to give me a reason why they're going to be good this year. So, why is that? Uh, they don't have torts, so they can at least not have to deal with the drama that is John Tortorella. That's a positive. Um, realistically, is this team going to be very good? Probably not. Um, Patrick Line can grow a uh, kind of a good beard. So that's fun. Uh, it's just long. It doesn't look good, but it's long. Uh, Max, Max Domi is a fun, a fun player. And I mean, realistically, this team's into a rebuild. Um, you know, they unfortunately are one of those teams that just, they got kind of got caught 
Um, you know, they kind of went for it, didn't work out, um, you know, and now they're kind of restarting. Um, and Columbus is never going to be like a huge market. It's never going to, you know, bring in top free agents. Unfortunately, it's just kind of part of the game. But, um, you know, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, enjoy Patrick Laine's shot. And, um, you know, the goalies can be pretty good. Um, they can also be really terrible. They're like some of those guys that are very hot or cold. Um, you know, Wierenski's a great player. You lost Seth Jones, but enjoy your, enjoy your good players and just, um, you know, ignore the losses. <laughs> ignore it if you don't know it doesn't happen ignore them, yeah <laughs> james why is columbus going to be bad even though alex just kind of answered it. <laughs> uh it's it's a rebuilding year it's going to be a rebuilding couple couple years here uh you lost torts you lost seth jones you lost lost cam addison you lost a lot of players who were the leadership and the culture of that team and so now you're bringing other people to establish something new something very different than what torts had and that seems pretty hard to do if that's what's been ingrained in that and they hired somebody who is like night and day difference than the guy and having somebody hot and cold like that that, that doesn't work you got to have some somebody in the middle who can see both sides of it like torts is an asshole the other guy is going to be happy go lucky do whatever you want and that's just it doesn't fly that way man you got to find somebody who can play both sides of the coin and with that i mean like when you lose seth jones you're, that's your leader that's your franchise player and you're replacing it with some dude named Adam Boquist. Boque, Boque, whatever his name is. There we go. <laughs> There's a Q and a B in there. That, that doesn't happen in my mind. He had one goal and 11 assists last season. Is he that good of a player? I don't really know. He's, he's not as good as Seth Jones. I don't think he can play five overtimes in a row. Like this, nobody's going to be like Seth Jones and lose, losing a player like that is huge. And it's just, it's going to be a tough year. And it's going to take a lot of time for them to rebuild and build that culture back. It's going to be like the Devils. The Devils have been rebuilding for years and years and years. And that's, that's what's going to happen in Columbus. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with actually both of you here that this, this team is, you know, was once a team that was, you know, two years ago, three years ago, guys, these guys were the, the team that swept the Tampa Bay lightning after going down by three goals in the first two periods of the first game. I mean, and then this team just completely, you know, has dismantled. Um, if, if any, if anything, shows what it what it takes to keep good players it's give them money because that's what they had to do with Zakarensky. <laughs> they gave him a shit ton of money and he's just not that good <laughs> but that's what you do um uh, i'm not saying he's bad but he's not that good but um so i think we all can agree he's you know this team's going to be on the uh definitely on the lower end of the totem pole definitely rebuild year um that's moving on to the new jersey devils uh in 2020 2021 uh, season, they went 1930 and seven for 45 points. They got seventh in the East, obviously did not make the playoffs. Um, significant gains though. They got, they gained Thomas Tatar, Dougie, Ham- Dougie Hamilton, Jonathan Bernie and Ryan uh, Graves. So Dougie Hamilton went obviously from uh, blue jackets to the New Jersey devils. Significant losses were Will Butcher. I don't even know who that is. So that's, that's good. Um, I'm going to go straight into it. Eric, why is this team going to be good? Or better um, than last year? Jack Hughes, uh, just like his brother, will show us why he's a top pick in the draft. He's going to go off this year. Um, you just said it. They added two defensemen to run the ship, and they haven't had that in a while. Well, they do have P.K. Subban still trading, who's going to have a good year. Um, but they do have Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves, two guys that are experienced. Ryan Graves on the avalanche the last couple of years. Um, 
had some good battles in the playoffs versus Vegas um, and other teams. And, you know, they're just going to be better than they've been the last two to three years. Anything can get better than that. Um, we've seen some good signs from Blackwood, who's going to be their starting goaltender. Um, I think he has a chance to prove he's a valuable goaltender in this league. I believe the Kings drafted him as well. So there you go. When it comes to drafting goaltenders, they know what to do. Um, and they got Bernier. So I think Bernier is an experienced enough goaltender in the season to kind of be that backup, keep him afloat um, with the tandem of Blackwood. And the last thing I talked shit on this guy in the past on this podcast, Nico Heeshear. I said he was a bust. Um, this is his year to prove he is not. I believe he is the captain of this team as well. So this is his year to step up, and he's going to do that, I think. I love it. Um, before before I, uh, I give it to James for, um, you know, talking about Eric's bullshit, I want to redact. Dougie Hamilton came from the Hurricanes, not the Blue Jackets. Sorry about that. Um, it's, it's been a long day. Um, James, why is Eric fucking wrong? So you had mentioned that uh, P.K. Subban is still on that team, right? Maybe he's yeah. not actually. He is. Uh, he, he is. He is. He's a third line defenseman. Uh-huh. I think that's showing you how bad the Devils actually are. Oh, not talking shit on PK Subban because I respect the guy. He's great, but in terms of hockey, he hasn't done much to prove that he still deserves to be on an NHL team. Can he play in the AHL? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, but NHL <laughs> in the NHL, I don't think so. He honestly, outside of this podcast, you haven't really heard his name at all. And he's playing third line for somebody of his namesake is huge because he was one of the best defensemen for a very long time, but he's really fallen off the cliff. He's gone from team to team to team. And now he's a third line defenseman who's going to hardly get playing time. And now you're mentioning his name as like, Oh, it's a big plus, but no, you, at this point, you got, it's like, um, gets off for the ducks, like get rid of him, bring somebody new up who can actually help your team long-term at this point, like bye. the fact that he's still on the team is going to tell you that this team is still not there. This team is still rebuilding. They're going to continue to rebuild. They've been rebuilding forever. It's going to happen over and over and over again until they do fix shit like this. Get rid of your old guys who are unproductive. Bring up the guys who can actually help you and can get you out of this rebuild. On top of that, you talk shit on Nico Hughes I'll talk shit on Jack Hughes. Like he was the number, number one overall pick. He hasn't shown much just yet. And yeah, give him a couple of years. Cool. But the way that this, this team is being run, they're not giving him the confidence he needs to get better and better and better. They're just putting him out there and expecting him to succeed. But the entire time he's getting shut down and losing confidence and questioning whether or not he still wants to play in the league because the way this team is run is shit. That's why the New Jersey Devils will suck this year. Wow. Um, I am actually going to disagree with James. Um, I think that the New Jersey Devils are going to be better. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Fuck no. (laughs) They're not going to make the playoffs. But I do actually think with the additions they've made, they're actually moving in the right direction. This, to James's point, though, you are right. This is a rebuild year. This is not a year that they're gonna that they're gonna go for go for it. But as we know, a team that goes in the right direction, if they, you know, that's that's what we that's what we're looking for. And you know, the, adding in Thomas Tatar that adds a little bit of um, a, a, of interesting dynamic elements to their to their top six. Um, Jack Hughes uh, and and Nico Hishier need to step up they absolutely need to step up because they haven't shown like this, this offensive group scored a mere 2.59 goals per game last season. That's 26 overall. That's, that's not going to do it. 
Um, they really need to figure it out. Um, and in regards to PK Subban, James, you're absolutely right. He is, and he is not worthy of the namesake. However, I do think that he has a place in the NHL, just not at nine million a year. If he was a third, 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 uh, if he was a third round guy, you know, a, a veteran guy, a third round guy that's being paid like you know two million a year to do what he does. I'm probably okay with it, but it is 9 million. However, this is his last year. So they're probably going to use this as a rebuild year. They're going to, they're going to be able to wipe that, um, that contracts um, clean next season and continue the rebuild. But what this team has brought in, I think actually does add some interesting, you know, elements to the, to this offense, especially the offense. And then you have Dougie Hamilton who has the ability to provide some stolid um, offense uh, help as well. So I do think that this team is going to step in the right direction, but James, you absolutely right. This is a rebuild year. They're not going to be good, but I, I do. Um, I do think that they're going to step in the right direction. Um, so moving on to the New York Islanders, 2020, their 2020, 21 record. Uh, they went 32, 17 and seven for 71 points. They got fourth in the East uh, and they lost four to three to the Tampa Bay lightning in the semifinals. Everyone, we remember that it came down to the wire. They took that, um, eventual Stanley cup champ to the semi to that game seven, which was absolutely crazy. Um, the biggest gains they, uh, they got were, uh, uh, Richard panic. That's really the only one they did lose Nick Letty and they did lose Jordan Everly to the Seattle Kraken. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And so I'm going to throw this right into right to James. Why is this team going to be good this year? Well, first of all, they're going to get Anders Lee back. I mean, that's your captain right there. That's, that's, he came coming off an ACL. He's not going to be back right away, but he will be back in the season. So that's going to be huge for them. Um, I'm going to just talk about the fact that they've pretty much perfected their defensive game for the most part. This is like a team that everybody says is boring because of the way they play defense, but that's what works for them. And they've done it well and they do it better than anybody else. But because they've done it so well, they can go experiment and work on that offense because they've drilled that defense so much that it becomes second nature to them. And so now you're going to have the ability to kind of mess and tinker with that defense to give some of the, some of it away to the offense and work with your offensive scheme. And you saw it in the playoffs against the lightning, they scored a bunch of goals and you never see that from the lightning, but they've shown that they can step to the plate and play the game that needs to be played. Whether it be defensively sound or offensively explosive, they can do that. They've shown that. And they've had this entire offseason to continue drilling what works best for them to be the more, the most complete team that they can be. Love it. Um, Alex, why are the Islanders going to suck? Yeah, they're probably not going to suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what James just said is all very true. They have, you know, they have figured out their system and what works for them and with the talent that they have, and it's it's succeeding. You know, they just haven't quite gotten over the hump yet, um, but it would not surprise me if this might be the year that they come out of the East. Um, it's kind of the same thing with the Canes, where – we're expecting them to be pretty good. I kind of wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they were a top three team in the division, but it's the same with their Russian gold pending duo. Can Sorokin or, and or Volomov be that guy? Um, I kind of feel like they, they have a, like a two a and a two B like they don't have a, you're that's the dude like at points. Volomov looked really great last year. And then Sorokin was like, went on an unbelievable tear and it's, you know, maybe that could just be a little bit of a hiccup for them, but um, it's hard to say anything too bad about this team. Um, you know, it, it's all again, comes down to like, can they score enough? Um, 
they're, you know, we bring this up all the time, but they do remind, you know, us a lot of those good Kings teams in the early 2010s where defense was incredible. You know, they kept up the other team out of the net and they frustrated them, but you know, the games were always two to one, three to two, you know, three to one, that kind of thing. So um, if they, if there's, if they hit scoring droughts, that could be a slight issue, but I do, again, I think this Islanders team is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, and look, it, we have we have uh, rumors that they're actually going to sign UFAs: Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise, Travis Sajak, and um, Casey Zizekas. Those are those are high those are high quality um, you know veterans there. And they they you know while they won't be the 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 main guys that, that we're going to be looking at because this team doesn't really have a main guy outside of Matt Barzell, they are going to bring something. I mean, a, a veteran presence an ability to score, you know, when they're not, when they're not the top guys, you know, I look at Zach Frise looking for something to, sh- you know, looking for an opportunity to show that he can play in this league. Um, I feel bad for that guy because he's, he's one of my favorites. Um, and he just, he just has kind of fallen off a cliff and maybe he comes to a team that, you know, plays on third line. He's not expected to do much, but he, he shows that he has an ability to play. Um, uh, guys, I look at their goaltending. They they were the best goaltending tandem in the league, uh, and I think I think Alex, you mentioned that. Um, you mentioned the goaltending, and I think that that's you know tied with their defense. That's what makes this team so um, you know so strong, especially on the goaltending side. Um, I I will say that the you know the offense is always going to be a question mark. Um, you won't you don't have Jordan Eberle who did actually play pretty dang well offensively. I mean, he was kind of streaky just like every other score is, but um, you know, losing him, you, you kind of lost, you kind of lost at least a little bit of streaky um, streaky goal, uh, goal scoring there. Um, Anders Lee, you know, he, he is going to be back, which is nice. Um, that's going to be huge, huge addition. So, you know, this team is definitely going to buy, you know, it, it's definitely going to fight for that top in the division. And I would not be, I, I actually probably peg them to win the division. Um, if, if, if they're, you know, tie, tied with, uh, you know, tied with the Hurricanes, I think that they would, um, you know, pull through, especially to James, to your point, they showed an ability to score against a very, you know, high level team. And I think that, you know, on paper, um, the Hurricanes are probably the better team, but they, the Hurricanes just maybe not, don't have the, quite the defensive structure that the, uh, that the uh, uh, Islanders have. So um, like what you guys said, I think this, uh, I think this team is going to be the t- uh, a team to beat um, definitely in this division. Um, moving on to the New York Rangers. Uh, the 2020, 2021 record was 27, 23 and six for 60 points. They were fifth in the East. They did not make the playoffs. Although if, you know, if we go- went by regular points, they would have made the playoffs in a regular year. Um, significant gains, Patrick Nemeth and Barkley Goudreau. He's a former shark. Uh, actually, and most recently, a former Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, significant losses, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Pavel Buchnevich. I believe uh, Buchnevich was picked up by the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, we're going to jump into it. Eric, why are the Rangers going to be good, man? Yep. Three big dog forwards, Panarin, Zabinijad, Lafreniere. Um, well, hopefully he does good. <laughs> uh, two strong defensemen. They got the Norris winner, Adam Fox. They got big boy, Jacob Truba. So they got a little experience in the back end. They have an up and coming superstar goalie. I like him a lot. Igor Shesterkin. Um, He's gained some good experience these past two seasons. Um, he's going to have to step up to the challenge this year, but I think that he has built his resume up. Um, and this team just in general, 
They've been in that rebuild mode the last few years. They've upgraded free agents. They've kind of done all they can. They got the right coach, it seems. Um, now is their window to get it going. So I think that they're going to have a, a lot better of a season this year. They will make playoffs, and then we'll see how it goes from there. I like it. Uh, Tyler was supposed to be the guy against the Rangers. Um, I, I will just simply say the against part and then actually kind of, you know, revert back as to why I'm wrong on that part. <laughs> um, the Rangers have historically been the punching bag of the division. Let's put it that way. Um, we, it showed in their uh, in their series against the Capitals. They got ragdolled. They they get pounded. And and that. Uh, that is something to, that is something to be said here in this division, in this, uh, in this league. I mean, Artemi Pernarin, you know, he, he is an amazing hockey player, amazing goal scorer. He just doesn't have the, the brawn to, to protect himself all the time. Mika Zibanejad, same thing. Um, I look at, uh, and I look at Ryan Strom as well. Uh, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to compete there. Um, that's what I, that's what I really worry about. I don't know if they necessarily have a huge weakness, as much as they do just they're they just don't have quite the high level grit that they may need. However, they prioritize that this year. Yeah, exactly. Bring in Barkley Goodrow. And most importantly, they bring in enforcer Ryan Reeves. You know, he's no longer a uh, a Vegas Golden Knight. He is now on the Rangers. If if there was ever a a direct answer to what happened last season with uh, Tom Wilson and the Capitals, Ryan Reeves is it. I will pay, I would pay money to watch these, uh, you know, watch these five games being played between the Rangers and the Capitals, just to see how Reeves makes Tom Wilson's life hell and vice versa. Um, Unfortunately, or I guess, fortunately for Tom Wilson, he is just simply the better hockey player, but having that enforcing, you know, presence on the ice, I think will make uh, Tom Wilson think twice about doing some of the, some of the things he does. And I'm a Tom Wilson fan. Um, hopefully no one stops watching the, uh, listening to the podcast after I said that. Um, I do look at um, Alexi Lafreniere to, you know, step up most. I really look at Capo Caco to step up. He just continues to struggle ever since he got in this league. We saw Jack Hughes take a step forward last season. Capo Caco's turn to, to uh, it's, it's Capo Caco's turn. So um, I'll be, I'll be look, keeping an eye on, on that um, to see if maybe he was rushed just like in some respects, Jack Hughes. Um, but we're moving on to the other, Actually, I'm sorry. We're out, we're out of that. Uh, we're out of New York because we just talked about New York. So we're moving on to uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, their 2020-2021 record was 25-23-8 for 58 points, six in the East. They did not make the playoffs. Guys, this team was the top team for a quarter of the season. And it was crazy because they gave up so many goals. Um, it, was kind of, it was kind of crazy how many goals they were putting in and then everything kind of you know, unwound. Um, their significant gains uh, this over the offseason was Keith Yandel, interestingly enough, uh, Martin Jones, Cam Atkinson, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Ryan Ellis. Uh, significant losses including Brian Elliott, Jacob Voracek, as I mentioned, Shane, Shane Gostaspare, uh, Philippe Myers, and Nolan Patrick. Uh, I guess I'm the one that's going to be talking to him, talking about them. Um, I would say... <laughs> This is this is a tough team to 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 actually project well because I actually don't think I actually think they're going to go the wrong direction. Unfortunately, um, that said, Rasmus Ristolainen is is going to be an interesting add. He he's not very good analytically, but he he does have the ability to play some defense, and hopefully that's going to be 
that's going to help them kind of build their defensive core. Um, Ryan Ellis is an amazing defenseman. Um, so, you know, I think that that's huge. I look at Keith Yandel, the addition to Keith Yandel and what happened in, uh, in, you know, Florida. And I think that the team kind of rallied around that kind of, you know, locker room presence. He has a great locker room presence. He's a great teammate. Uh, and it's those kind of players that you really need to come in and, you know, kind of galvanize the group and kind of calm everyone down. Um, you know, if, if Ryan Ellis uh, um, can stay healthy, I think he's, I think he's going to help on the top, on the um, top end of the um, defensively at a, you know, he's, he doesn't cost that much. So that helps. Uh, I, I, I just hope to, you know, I, I think that they're going to look to risk the line and to, to fix his issues. Cause he's, you know, he, he has a lot of them and um, you know, offensively, this team has the ability to score, but defensively, I just, I just, that's my biggest question mark. So um, I, I can't say that they're going to be better than last year. This was a tough task for Tyler, uh, but um, I, I, I guess it all is in the hands of how the defense, how the defense kind of uh, galvanizes. So uh, Eric, why are Phil, why is Philadelphia going to suck? Uh, just like every year, they'll start out on the right foot. They'll play how we expected them to play. Uh, then the deadline is going to come around. They will begin to fade away. Uh, they will become lazy like all Philadelphia sports teams. Tyler, you're not here, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then guess what? The fans will kick in by throwing beers and popcorn at them as they continue to lose. Um, then they'll trade away pieces. And they've been doing this the last three or four seasons. We talked about Voracek earlier. Yeah, he had a bad season last year. This guy was kind of one of the core dudes that built their culture probably since Giroux's been there. Um, Giroux's next to go if shit doesn't go right. Um, you know, they've they made the playoffs, I think, only once or twice with him as captain. Um, they haven't done too well either. So I just don't have any hope for them, especially when you see them have to go against teams like the Bruins and the Lightning all the time. Like, do you think they're going to do better than those two teams? No. End of discussion. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty tough. I um, how I, that was. That was great. I, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I, you know, I think I think I also look at Carter Hart and I mean, he's a he's a great goaltender, but he struggled last season. Three, six, seven goals against average, 877 save percentage in 27 games. He needs to step up. If he does not go back to where he was doing the season before, they're in trouble. And then, and then the Flyers go out and, and are rolling the dice on Martin Jones. Martin fucking Jones. I've told Kylie, who's a huge Sharks fan, Martin Jones is your, is your biggest fucking problem. And the Flyers go ahead and fucking pick him up. Yeah, good fucking luck. Because the Flyers have had an issue with goaltending for as, as long as we've been alive, guys. It's the same fucking thing. And here we go again. Um, so... I don't have much faith in this team. Um, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, if they were the bottom feeders, I, I really wouldn't, to be honest with you. Uh, moving on to the other team in Pennsylvania, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, their, their season last year was th- uh, 37, 16 and three for 77 points. They were first in the East, but they lost four to two to the New York Islanders in the first round. Significant gains include Brock McGinn and significant losses include, include Cody Cece, who is actually now an Edmonton Oiler, uh, Jared McCann. Uh, James, why is this team going to be good? They're going to be good because they have to be. This is the end, towards the end of the Sidney Crosby era. He's getting up in age. Evgeny Malkin's getting up in age. Jeff Carter is also getting up in age. He was a huge pickup, and he's 
been fantastic for this team since he got there. And I don't expect him to do anything less than what he's doing now. Um, if Getty Malkin is going to be healthier. Last season was a little bit more condensed and it wrecked havoc on the dude's body. Um, having a full offseason, having to be able to prepare, find his weaknesses, that's going to help out a bunch. When he was out there, he was basically out there on one leg. He did not look like himself whatsoever. And towards the end, he was a liability. He honestly should not have been getting as much time as he did, and that was a downfall. But if he gets the same amount of time now, the healthy Gino is going to be fantastic. Uh, Sidney Crosby is going to continue doing his thing, and that offense is good. I mean, Jeff Carter had like, what, 11 goals in like 11 games? Some crazy, 11 points in 11 games. Some crazy like that. The weakest point for this team is their goaltending in Tristan Yari. That's their weak point, big time. But everybody from that entire franchise, from top to bottom, have all come out and said that they support, support him and they got his back and they want him to continue being their goaltender. And the biggest, most uh, most important thing is the GM saying that. The GM being Ron Hextall, who was a former goalie, who indeed had a ton of down, down parts in his, the other part of his career, but he bounced back and rebounded to be a great goalie. And that's exactly, he's kind of mentoring Tristan Yari, who has had, he started out being great. And then he had a series of hiccups and mishaps. And it's just in the downslope of this, this part of his career, but he's young guys. He's like 22, 23 years old. He's got so much time to mature and learn from these mistakes and having somebody like Ron Hextall have your back, who was a former goalie that speaks volumes. And they're going to, he's going to mentor him to continue his progress to be a better goalie and be the goalie that reaches his potential. And so that just in and of itself, that gives me confidence, interest in yard to be better this season. And with him going up instead of down and that offense being as good as it once was, this is going to be a good team. Love it. Uh, Eric, why is James a lion sack of shit? Well, I think everyone just doesn't have the juice anymore on this team. The only one who does is Sid the Kid, as James mentioned. Um, they've traded away most of their core guys that, you know, let help them get to those two cups. Pretty much all they have left is Crosby and Malkin in that core group. Uh, Malkin's falling apart every season. More and more shit happens to him, unfortunately. It's just the, the nature of this sport. Um, you just look back to it. They get rid of Flurry, um, and then all you see is goalie trouble ever since. I'm not saying, like, just because you get rid of Flurry, that's why, but – you know, you didn't, you know, Flurry wasn't around to help mentor. We look at Matt Murray now, who obviously helped him get those two cups. He's just, you know, getting beat into the ice in uh, Ottawa. But, you know, they've been scrambling these past few years, scrambling at the deadline. They're trading away a bunch of guys. Um, they're making the playoffs. They're getting pretty much whopped first round. Um, and they can't get past the Islanders. Um, any team that get can't get past the Islanders, they don't seem to have the best future moving forward. I mean, you could have said that a while back, but obviously the Islanders have gotten a lot better. But just end all, be all, they're boring and they're old. Wow. Um, that, 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 wow. Um, that's, that says a lot about this team. Um, I'm going to say – I'm actually going to split the difference between you two, and I think that they're actually going to go sideways. Um, I think that they're going to be a team that – is not going to go up, but they're not going to go down. They're going to be, a t I mean, they're first in the East, but this, I think that this division's like, once everything's kind of back to normal, everything's going to be a little bit different. Um, look, when you have Sidney Crosby and you have Evgeny Malkin, you're going for it every fucking year. It doesn't matter how old they are. Uh, they were this, 
offense was second in the league at 3.45 goals per game. Uh, you know, you have Malkin, you have Crosby, you have Jake Gensel, you have Brian Russ, Casper Kapanen in that, in that top six. And then you have Jeff Carter, who's, who's um, rounding up that third line, scoring nine goals and 11 points in 14 games. There you go, James. Uh, helped you out right there. Better my ass on that one. That was crazy. Um, to, but to Eric's point, oh, I guess actually to, this is James's point, but I do think that I think it lends itself to being the question mark of the season is Tristan Jari and the goaltending. Um, he had an atrocious 3.18 goal against average and 8.88 save percentage. He got actually outplayed by Casey DeSmith down the stretch. Um, and then he had, and then that guy has his own struggles. So I, I just, to, to Eric, to your point, I just don't see them being able to make runs in the playoffs with this goaltending. I just don't. I just, I think that it's too shitty. It's it's not even weak. It's shitty. It's terrible. Um, and it, it, it's amazing to me that, um, you know, we, we see, you know, we see the flower flurry get, you know, kicked, kicked out of Pittsburgh and now he's kicked out of Vegas. And this is a guy that if he stayed in Pittsburgh, I think he, I think he would have been outplayed uh, Tristan Jari down the, down the stretch. I think he's just a better goaltender. Uh, I think, I think Pittsburgh made the wrong move back then. Um, so I think all eyes are going to be on um, Tristan Jari, I think, and his ability to bounce back. Um, so I, I think that this team's going to make the playoffs, but Eric, you're absolutely right. They're probably going to face someone like, actually, they probably would play someone like the Islanders or the Canes, or in some cases, the, the Tampa Bay lightning and just get fucking Molly Wop. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, moving on to the final team in the division is the Washington Capitals. Um, 2020-2021 record was 36-15-5 and for 77 points. They were second in the East. They lost 4-1 to to the Boston Bruins in the first round. So both first and second in the East were after round one. Um, so they gained nobody. They did not add anybody. <laughs> they lost... They lost Brendan Dillon. If I'm not mistaken, Brendan Dillon went to Seattle. Um, I will double check that as I let Alex say why the Washington Capitals are going to be good. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had kind of an up and down year last year. Um, but if you look at their, their roster, there's still obviously a lot of elite talent on here. Um, you know, first ballot hall of famer, obviously an Ovi Backstrom, Kuznetsov, uh, American hero, TJ Oshie, your best friend and my best friend, Tom Wilson. Connor Sheary, <laughs> you know, like their, their offense is still elite. They're, I mean, maybe not elite. It is still top half of the league. Defensively, John Carlson, great, almost somehow like underrated now already. Yeah. He's like gone back to being underrated somehow. Um, Orloff, Schultz, TVR, like those, that's a pretty good defense. The goalies too, um, Samsonov, he's only 24. Uh, he had injury and COVID issues last year. He should be better, more consistent. I just think this this Capitals team and the Penguins, they kind of feel like they're going in that same direction with their stars are, you know, you know, Ovi and Crosby. It's, it's coming to an end, but they are still elite players in this league. Um, so sort of like what James said, like they have to be good because you want to give Ovi the shot to, A, win another cup, and B, to stay healthy and to have him have a shot at Gretzky, Gretzky's goal record. So I do think the Capitals, you know, should be in that top three, if not like a wild, wild card team. Um, I don't know if they can be counted on as like a legitimate, legitimate top tier cup contender, but they should make the playoffs. Um, you know what? And if anything, let's just enjoy Alexander Ovechkin 
and what he what he is because he's awesome. So I, I think I think they'll be good. I love that. Um, I, I'm gonna say that this team actually goes sideways, if not, it starts to inflect downward. And and I say that because Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, they're that that offensive core is getting older. They are very talented, but they're just getting older. Um, you are right in that uh, you know their defense is strong, but I just it it, it, it did show some weaknesses last season. Um, Ilya Samsonov is a big question mark. I mean, he he played okay. You know, he he had a two point six nine goals against average and a ninety save percentage in nineteen games. That's not that's not great. And I just don't. And, and at twenty four years old, he's going to need to step up if they're going to actually stay sideways or or go or go up. Um, to your point, I don't think that this team's going to be a a gung-ho um you know cup contender and in fact i i think it's going to be tough for them to find a spot in the playoffs i I, you know i i i just i think that they're going to be battling for that wild card spot because i look at the other side uh you know and it's interesting because i think that you know the the top that there's six teams in this division maybe even seven teams in this division no i'll say six teams in this division that could you know, are going to be battling hard. And I'll even put the Flyers in there too. Um, I keep the Devils and Blue Jackets down the bottom for obvious reasons, but the Rangers have have got a little grittier. So I wonder if they're going to be able to, to put Washington back on their heels. Do, do they have the scoring potential that, that Washington does? No, but they may have, they, they just may have a little bit more well-roundedness down the lineup. Um, I, I just, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting year to watch when it comes to the Washington Capitals because they, they're really going to show what, what they're going to do, you know, going forward. I think that this is a, one of their last seasons to really, you know, go for it. I just don't think that they're going to, they're going to be able to do it, but all eyes will be on Alex Ovechkin. He, you know, he's turning, you know, he's turning 36, actually just turned 36 um, or he's, he will turn 26, uh, 20, 36 by the start of the season. He is fighting to beat Wayne Gretzky's uh, goal record. And um, he has a few more seasons to do it. Uh, he has to score a lot of goals, but um, we're, I mean, I think that that's the biggest storyline right there, Alex, right? I mean, we got to keep an eye on him to see if he can continue to score at the pace that he's at. Um, but guys, that that's the division um, quick and dirty. We got it done um, next or the next time I talk, I'm not sure when it's going to be, but it will be the other team in the Eastern conference, the, uh, the uh, Atlantic division. So uh, Eric, that's all I got. Thank you. Hockey guy trading. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, too, uh, fantasy-wise this year for hockey. I'm excited about that. Um, I oh, think- sorry, Eric. I, I did want to redact. Brendan Dillon went to Winnipeg. Not that it matters, but I was wrong. Okay, he went to Winnipeg. Um, you know, I guess something we learned there, it could be the name of the episode. I don't think Tyler will agree, but Philly rhymes with shitty. So uh, we got one more segment. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. But I like where your head's at. Just <laughs> because there's a Y at the end of it does not mean it rhymes. E E E. So, oh, guys, when we return, uh, Alex will be going over our last segment, it, which is the most boring sports teams in the world. Uh, we will be back. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the last but not least segment. Uh, we got our guy, Alex, and we are talking the most boring sports teams uh, in the world or maybe in the U.S. We'll, we'll figure it out right now, Alex. 
Yeah, so I, I saw this article about like most boring sports teams like months ago. And I wrote it down in my notes section on my phone going, okay, when basketball season's over and I need to come up with topics, this would be a fun one because I would be interested to see what you guys came up with. So I don't really give them any like direction. So it could just be, it's totally, it's completely biased, which is great because it's going to be great. So uh, the most boring sports team in your mind, uh, James, let's start with you. All right, guys. In my opinion, the most boring sports team in the whole wide world slash universe is the Detroit Lions. Because just let me ask you a question real fast. We're all of you guys. Do you know anybody who is not from Detroit or Michigan who watches Lions games for fun? When they're playing a team I like. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nobody else. There's no person in the world that likes the Lions unless you're from Detroit. Honestly, like nobody at all. If they do, they're not human. But to be honest, there's there's like nothing that goes on there. People from Detroit are going to hate me, but I don't think they listen because I don't think our podcast gets that far. But when you go to Detroit, what do you do? Do you watch cars be made? Like, there's really not much to do out there. Like, they used to be wings. Pizza. Okay, there's pizza across the street from my house too. You can come here. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, man, like, there's they don't they're not known for anything. Like nothing at all. Like even when the Browns sucked, they were known for losing. That's something to be known for. When you think of the Lions, you think of a safari. Like it doesn't even resonate in your mind that the Lions are a football team. <laughs> like their last championship was in 1957. Their last playoff appearance was in 2016, but nobody knows that. And there's, uh, there's no fantasy relevance on this team whatsoever. Like, we probably wouldn't have known about the Lions at all had Jared Goff not been traded. Right, Eric? <laughs> he, who, yeah. who gives a shit? Like, as, mu- as many people, like, hate on fantasy, it really brings people to watch the sport more. But because there's no real fantasy assets on the Lions, nobody really watches the Lions. So, therefore, <laughs> the Lions are a boring sports team. I like that. They, they're definitely kind of just an afterthought in the NFL world, definitely right now. Uh, Traded, who's your uh, most boring sports team? Yeah. Obviously the Oilers. Obviously. um, You know, the dynasty of the 80s, not a big deal. Um, No, I'm going to go. When were you born again? 93. Yeah. But, I mean, mean, that that alone, I mean, that that doesn't mean much because they actually have the best player on the planet. So, you know. Um, I'm going to go, but I am going to go with a different team in, what used to be in their division, but now they're in the central division, the Arizona coyotes. We talked about them last, uh, uh, last, uh, season. And that's, and that's actually the biggest news that we've, that we've had that they're probably losing the team <laughs> in ever. Um, guys, they, uh, they, their playoff record is 41 and 78. Their, their record overall, this is actually including, the, to be fair, unfortunately, it's including the, the early years of the original Winnipeg Jets, but they have a losing record. They're, they're 12, 1,278 and 14, uh, 1,413, and then like some like loss or some ties and shit. Um, and I don't really give a shit where there actually was ties. But look, this team, or like this team in 2000, I think six, like went bankrupt. And Gary Bretman, <laughs> apparently put the team up on Craigslist for sale. <laughs> like guys, 
and they're looking and literally this this city of glendale looked at them in the face and said actually they did this publicly on social media and said you guys don't make us fucking money you guys are we're not signing a contract with you like how like what a slap in the fucking face that is their biggest fan base they're, they're the only way they fill the stands in the winter is because all the canadian people that travel from from the north and stay down there in in the in the uh in the desert there go to the games because they want to see their teams play like that's it this team is boring this team needs to move get the fuck out of arizona <laughs> yeah that's a good one uh i mean they're going to alaska obviously so that <laughs> yeah, obviously be, that, that's interesting. yeah that part i mean that is actually you're right the only interesting thing about them is Oh, where are they going to go? Like, that's <laughs> it. That's the only interesting thing about them. Um, thank you for that trading. Uh, Eric, you're my, your most boring team. Um, I'm going to join James on the Detroit train, but I'm going to go Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, after the oh. bad boys era um, and all that, you know, and their success, Having Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups, James, hold on a second here. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to say. Um, this team has been rebuilding since the middle of 2008-2009 NBA season. Traded away after team of the Clippers, Lakers, 76ers, Mavericks, you name it. Pretty much all their guys that were good have been now are doing very well on other teams. Um, or just still going around the league. You know, I was actually going to pick the Wizards earlier when you first mentioned it, Alex. Um, but I mean, at least they have superstars and attract some people. They got Bradley Beal still. Westbrook was there last year and set off his record. I even think Kuzma may do well for them. They have still some names um, and it can be a little bit interesting. But, you know, this team, they can't get over the eight mile hump, even though Eminem did it himself. Um, but about seven, seven seasons later, uh, the Pistons started with the worst record of five and twenty three. And what does that show? Nothing has changed there. Just like the Detroit Lions, James, nothing has changed. The most boring NBA team. Um, I don't see much improvement for them this year. They continue to have no drawing interest of any NBA players whatsoever. So in my mind, boring. I mean, okay, well, James, go ahead. I feel like you you were making a, making a face. So, What about Malice in the Palace, dude? Like, that's not boring at all. That happened in Detroit. Trey, do you know what that is? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's when there was a huge fight that broke out between players and fans. And Ron Artest went into the stands and smacked a couple people around. Just a bunch of Steven Jackson went and smacked a bunch of people around. It was crazy. But when that happened? That? 2003, 2004. Uh, see, that's, that's before Eric said that they got boring. Exactly. But you said franchise. True. And so that's the entirety of their existence. I, I tried, man. <laughs> the question was most boring sports team slash franchise. That's the, okay, that's what we're going to go with. And like they, they won a championship. In I know. I, I said after the bad boys, after Mr. Big Shot and Chauncey Billups, when they beat the Lakers yeah. of all teams. But they, um, I mean, like they're, they're not that boring if they've won recently-ish and they had the malice in the past. That's huge, man. So 2003 was recent to you? Yeah, I mean it's better than the '80s. Well, then the Angels just won the World Series then too. That's if we're getting that recent. That's <laughs> totally that's got cool. a point. He's yeah, got a point did. there. I want to. I want to see that again, of course, obviously. And I do agree with you that that was insane. And that's maybe when Ron Artest said, "I'm going to 
you know, maybe I should change my name to Meta World Peace because I beat the hell out of that dude that chucked a beer at me from the stands. And he had the right to as well. But I'm just saying maybe from like 2008 on, they've just been the most boring NBA team for me. Like, let me put it in your perspective of the Lions. When are you going to sit down and say, I'm going to watch this Pistons game tonight? Or who have you ever heard say that? Well, I like Blake Griffin a lot. So whenever uh, he was on yeah. that team. <laughs> what? <laughs> when he was using his now, walker to yeah. be out there. <laughs> now he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, he I, thought I it was like too that. boring. I like that pick. That's, that's a good point. No one, no one outside of Detroit or Michigan is going to sit down and watch a Pistons game, except they might now because they did just get the number one overall pick. So they might be not boring starting like right now. But honestly, it's a pretty sad time for Detroit's, Detroit sports teams. The Lions are bad. Pistons are bad. The Tigers are also not very good. And the Red Wings are trash. Like all of their teams are not good. So but sorry, Detroit. The, the, but before this, the Red Wings did have but the a Red Wings were incredible trip to yeah. the playoffs than yeah. ever. So and then the Tigers went to the World Series. We, we can give them, we can give them a look. Like they were we the give best the Red Wings team. flight of a break. They were the yeah. best team in Detroit forever. <laughs> but currently, as we sit here, like Detroit's collective big four sports teams have got to be the worst out of any, you know, major U.S. or Canadian city. They're just, they're trash. Uh, I feel like we're kind of dumping on the North because my pick is the Minnesota Wild. (laughs) They are in the state. Minnesota, you know, is also called the state of hockey. They've had a team leave Minnesota and go to Texas. They now then got another team. And all they, they're never bad enough to like get a first overall pick to be exciting to build towards something but they're also never good enough to really consider them like a stanley cup contender they lose in the first round every single year they're kind of good and you're like okay and then they get kaprizov who's like this amazing kid and now he's like nah i don't know i think i'll go back to russia like pass minnesota you it's cold as shit it's you're pretty much canada but you can't like you, your hockey team should be better or at least terrible. So people talk shit about it. Like when the Oilers are terrible or the Maple Leafs are terrible, but no one does. No one talks about you because you're the Minnesota wild, even though your jerseys are pretty fucking sick. Minnesota wild, figure it out. Be more excited. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to, uh, we'll see what Tyler's pick is next week. Um, when he's, when he's back on, cause I'm, I'm sure, sure it's the Eagles or somebody like that, but uh <laughs> I thought this was fun. I'm also really impressed that none of us, well, I guess James, you, James uh, well, Eric, Eric and I picked different sports, but you guys picked your own sports. So never mind. I'll change my mind. Yeah. But that's it. Um, but no one picked baseball. Me, There's got to be a boring yeah. baseball team. I want to piggyback on you with Minnesota as well. Kind of in the sense of the Detroit talk. You look at the Timberwolves right now, horrendous, boring, trash. Uh, the Twins, they were like the biggest letdown baseball team this year. Um, and then let's let me talk about my boy Kirk Cousins real quick. Oh God! Here you go, Vikings fans. This is the guy you wanted. This is the guy you believed in. Let's see what happens this year. You may become the most boring football team. Um, let's see. You're going to battle the other most boring football team, the Lions. So we'll see who wins the crown for the most boring football team this year. It's going to take place in that division, as we know. I do have a question uh, for James and and Alex after Eric went. So you said Pistons were the most boring team. Aren't the Sacramento Kings really the most boring team in the NBA? Yeah, they, that's a good point. I just see the thing about I'm kind of biased. 
because for a long time there, I hated the, the Kings because they were rivals with the Lakers. And so, like, that's – to me, they're not boring because I, all I remember is Peja Soyakovic, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie. I remember those guys, not these new guys, but, like, the guys in the early 2000s who were just menaces, man. When Chris Webber was on that team, that team was tough. And so that's what I think of now. I don't think about this. I don't think about what the but team they, now. But they yeah, haven't won a championship now. since 1951, dude. Like, yeah. But they've – I mean, in the early 2000s, they battled. They, they battled hard. Okay. Alex, do you have a do you have to opine? Uh, I mean, yeah, they're probably. I mean, it's also they're kind of screwed in the fact that like they're the only team in Sacramento. They're close enough to the Bay Area, but not quite the Bay Area, which gets all the you know glamour. And also, the Bay Area has won a lot recently. They have you know the Giants have won. The Warriors obviously have been very good. You know, the A's are always pretty good. Like. Other than the Sharks, like the Bay Area typically wins a lot. The Niners have been, you know, very good in the past. Um, but yeah, to what James said, when I was a kid, like I hated the Kings. Like there were no, it, that was like before the Spurs and Tim Duncan, the Clippers were always trash. So like no one needed to work. Like and same with the Warriors, like they were always garbage when we were growing up. Like it was always Lakers Kings. And then they got Boogie and then at least he gave them some fire and like, you just never knew what he was going to do. So at least that was kind of interesting. Um, and, but yeah, you're not wrong right now. Like they're not that exciting, but their new arena is sick. And I think I'm going to a game there in a, like over Christmas time. So that'll be kind of cool. But uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Baseball wise though, it had to be the Padres until Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. <laughs> like the most boring team until well they're actually now, now the most boring team still yeah. so nothing changed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um i see i see what you mean the king the kings are it's tough to being all of us living in california and you know we even picked a cal like you just said a california team could be boring yeah and you mean you look they have deer and fox now like who knows if he's gonna get traded soon maybe for ben simmons we'll see but like they at least they still have guys that are like you know all-stars or at least one all-star um i mean you look at the lions i think james had the uh, the best point like who the fuck's on that team you're not going to get anyone in fantasy there etc it's it's that's a good uh good topic alex uh, it'll be interesting to hear what tyler picks he'll probably pick a team that everyone thinks is fun but to him is boring um but you know that is uh that is it for episode 63, the normal spiel that we always give, <clears throat> I just want to say this to all listeners, you know, I think a good way to expand this, um, if if you think we're funny, you like what we say, or you disagree, whatever, like show some of your friends, you know, uh, grab their phone, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, et cetera, get us in their heads too. We want, we want them to hear all of our opinions. Uh, we want to get all of our information out to you guys. So word of mouth is important. Um, I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm saying you're boring if you don't. So uh, <laughs> in other words, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and that's a wrap on episode 63. Tyler, we missed you. The Iron Man streak has ended, but we will hopefully see you next week. Peace.